Good afternoon, friends and family. Thank you for joining me today. I wanted to talk a little bit about the, the question that bring up, that people bring up that don't know God. Who is God? Let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Maybe uh, different ones of us can get ideas on how to talk to those who don't know and want to know who is God. A.W. Tozer once said that, you know, what comes to mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. And, you know, as you think about that, it's because the way you see and the way you think about God shapes the way that you see and you think about everything else. So if you answer the question, who is God with a, maybe like you're seeing in your mind, this giant dictator in the sky, um, how you move through your day and your behavior will probably be marked by say maybe fear and hesitancy hoping you don't mess up and get get uh smited or struck down for it amen if you answer that question with something to the effect like say uh you you have this thought when you think of who is god of this friendly neighborhood grandpa you'll probably end up engaging with god a god kind of like santa claus the guy you only talk to when you have a particular strong wish you hope will come true. And that makes all the sense in the world to me. How you see God determines how you see everything else. So, you know, can we make sure we're seeing God rightly? Because the good news is that from the beginning of time, God has gone to great lengths to reveal himself to us in when I think about that, I feel like tears come to my eyes and, and, and the, all that God has done, all that God has told us in the Bible, all that God has revealed to us. And, and the first thing that God shows us is that he is the creator of everything. So in because God wants to lay the right foundation for us to build everything else on top of God as creator means he is the definer of reality and all that is good and all that is right and true flows from him God as creator also means that he gets to define us not the other way around So put bluntly, because God created it, he gets to define it. And the way God defines creation, so repeatedly God looks at his creation and he calls it what? In the Bible, he calls it good. The light is good. The land is good. The creatures that inhabit the earth are good. Then we get to people and the the description changes slightly but also significantly, God forms mankind in his own image. So we are formed in God's own image. We are a unique combination of the dust of the earth and the breath of Almighty God. And he says that we are very good. Before anything else was true about you or about me, the creator of the universe calls us good, very good. So when God looked at his creation, he didn't see a mess. 
He saw a masterpiece, and that's a big deal. That is a big deal. We've got to hang on to that. Another significant thing about God introducing himself as creator is the relational vulnerability it shows. How can we see that? Isn't speaking a universe into existence the ultimate display of power, not vulnerability? Yes, it is. But also creativity itself is a form of vulnerability. So this beautiful fact is clearly evidenced in God's original creative act. God put himself on the the line when he created the universe because God created human beings with a freedom to choose. By definition, that means we have the ability to choose life with God or to choose life apart from God. He created us knowing we had the potential to rebel against him. Not only did he know of of this possibility, he saw its certainty. So even at that, yet he still chose to create, right? So he opened his heart to the greatest kind of pain for the chance to, to know you and to know me, to breathe life into us and be in relationship with us. That is true vulnerability. The creator of the universe wants to know us. He wants to know you personally. He wants to know me personally. God is self-sufficient. He didn't have to make this universe or mankind. He didn't have to weave it together in such a way that so obviously displays his glory. He didn't have to actually get his hands dirty when it came to forming us, but he did. So we're going to spend some time getting to know who God is, um, his character, his nature, and, and what that means for us. What we need to know right off the bat is that God wants to know us. He wants to know us. He created us for relationship with him. And he set the universe up in such a way that we could have a vibrant vibrant, growing relationship with our creator, God. Amen. So let me read Colossians 1, 16 through 17. I've been in the book of Colossians lately. Um, Okay. Verse 16, for in him, all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers of authority, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So, let's just go a little bit deeper, and let's find out what the Bible, the Bible is the story of God and it's the story of us, actually. It's an, it's a unified story that leads to Jesus and invites us to become like Jesus. From beginning to end, it tells of God's redemptive plan to rescue humanity and to restore creation. 
The Bible is the story of the Redeemer and what his redemptive work means for us now and also forever. So the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, are written specifically to a group of freed slaves that the Israelites knew God as their Redeemer experientially. They lived through a rescue firsthand called the Exodus. So after over 400 years of slavery in Egypt, where for generations the people of Israel were told that they were only as valuable as the number of bricks they could make, right? They, they encountered a God who thought they were worth rescuing, a God who literally moved heaven and earth and parted the sea even to deliver this group of people from their bondage. How, how awesome is that? And then the Israelites, they, their rescue story it revealed the character of God in a tangible way. And it basically foreshadowed another rescue that would take place, the one where God would rescue you and me and the whole rest of the world, all of humanity from our slavery to sin. And, and to death. So our rescue story starts all the way back in the beginning. God created everything, including us, in an act of love. And he called it, what would he call it? He called it good. So the world was as it should be. Heaven and earth were united. And then God walked in the garden. He walked in the garden with Adam and Eve. He taught us how to be human. Now, those of you who've read the Bible under know all this. You've already read Genesis. How to be human and how to rule with him. He commissioned people with a blessing to fill the beautiful earth. He created and to tame it, to cultivate it with the same creative power that God displayed when he set it all up after all. We are made in his image, as I I read or, or said earlier. But instead of ruling by God's side, we wanted to rule, what? In his place. Our rebellion invited the forces of sin and death into a world that had only known goodness and life. Sin is aggressive and it enslaves people. So we were enslaved to sin because of our desires and decisions. Let me read that, Romans 6.16. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. So we were enslaved to sin because of our desires and decisions. And sin corrodes and sin corrupts. It blinds us to the image of God within ourselves and in others, which leads to abuses and injustices. Good things are used for evil. Right things are used wrongly. And truth is exchanged for a lie, but God was not okay with that. In Romans 6, uh, verse 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God 
is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. So our story doesn't end in sin. It doesn't end in death because our God is the God of of the Exodus. He's the God who rescues us. He is the Redeemer. And as it says in Colossians 1 verse 13, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Amen. So this is your story, and this is my story. You've been set free. There's nothing that is too broken for God to heal or too far far gone for him to redeem. So if you're in that place where, you know, you have not come to him yet, this is your story. You've already been set free. You just have to receive the gift of salvation. There's absolutely nothing, I'll say it again, that is too broken for God to heal or too far gone for him to redeem. If you think about this, the the Exodus is such an uh, integral uh, to the Jewish history that every generation is taught to see themselves as the ones restored from slavery in Egypt. Amen? That's a good way to look at it. Do Do we as sons and daughters... Um, we're brought into the story of freedom by Jesus, identified as as deeply with our rescue as they do with theirs. So what if that is the central factor of who we are? We've been brought out, out of death and darkness into the light of life. What if the gospel really was our defining story, our exodus? What if it was? Because the same God, and I'm going to close here because I'm going to do several short talks about who is God. The same God who rescued the Jewish people from slavery in Egypt has rescued us from slavery to sin and death. And he, Jesus Christ, is still the Redeemer. There is only one way to heaven and that's and, and to be set free, and that is through the blood of Jesus Christ, receiving that gift that Christ died on the cross. He paid the full price for your sins. He loves you and he's made a way for you. He is the Redeemer. <laughs>